pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the world's favourite and longest running video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And for the next hour or so, we are going to be talking video games and other tangential things, as usual, as you'll expect if you've been listening to the show for the last 16 years. If you haven't, well, we have got a treat for you because it is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's this basically it's me talking to simon about games uh, we don't have a guest this week no sorry i made um, bold claims last week didn't i where i um guaranteed that i would uh, find one and i and i didn't which as you know if people have been listening to the show for the last 16 years they will absolutely expected that and um, that's fine i think we've been did, doing I, sorry go on well, no, I was gonna, I was going to say I did uh, I did think about texting Charles Cecil, uh, but I don't know if it, it feels um, feels like you're intruding on someone's Sunday, doesn't it? Because mm. well, we're pre-recording. Please don't text in. <laughs> uh, you you may still be charged. Um, yeah, I was going to drop Charles a, a, a note, but uh, you, you know what he, he he likes a long Sunday lunch, doesn't he? Mm. <laughs> One of those lunches that slowly fades into dinner. <laughs> Wow, well, and, and and of course England were playing tonight, and he gets his face painted, doesn't he? And <laughs> he gets terribly excited. So, yeah, I will do my best to not get into a situation where I'm thinking of emergency texting. If you are a game developer listening to One Life Left, and you fancy chatting to us at seven p.m. BST on a Sunday. Let us know. We'll we'll see if we can squeeze you in uh, one week. Um, how's your week been? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just, it, it feels it feels like all the others. <laughs> we struggled. We struggled answering that question, didn't we? When we were in the studio, and there was there was a sort of differentiation between things, weekends yeah. and days and yeah. everything else. And now, who knows? How's your week been? How's your month been? How's your year been? It's all been the yeah. same. What's worse is that, um, you know, obviously, so we're, you know, whilst we aren't necessarily confined to our homes 
legally like we were early in the year. We, we aren't going out much. Mm. Well, I'm not going into the office uh, much at all. Um, but for one reason or another, I've also been sleeping in the room that I've been working in. <laughs> so I, I've just just been here. I've been here. You can see, I mean, you know, you, you can see the video call at the moment. Thankfully, the listeners can't. Just a messy bed. Have you... Um, yeah, fast, fast forward to another couple of weeks. It's just going to be dog litter, cigarette packets. Have you, have you ever had a nap in an office where you've been working before? Oh, no. So, I have. <laughs> not going to tell you where or when, okay. what year. I'm not going to give anyone a clue, but there was an incident... Uh, where right. once I, I spied an opportunity um, and uh, and uh, hunkered down for an hour, an hour and a okay. half actually, uh, was never discovered. Uh, it was good. What? It felt great. What was, the, what was the worst thing that could have happened? I could have been discovered. <laughs> but then, but then I, I, what well, the implications of that been? I think it would have eroded, eroded people's confidence that I was doing a job. Uh, rather than, rather so than they thought that you were elsewhere, okay? uh, it was or doing something in the room. That was that was yeah. It was it was believed that I was mm. in the room working, okay. And instead, I was in the room lying lying on the floor with a cushion right. for a, a a pillow, uh, napping. And it was it was an hour and a half of uh, of paid right. nap. It felt good. Honestly, and so and and so you finished the nap, got up, mm-hmm. left the room, had to pretend you'd been working, and just just gave Mario Kart double five. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, we are a video game radio show, and for the next hour, we'll be talking about video games amongst ourselves. I had a glance at the news this week, so I've got a couple of stories I'd like to cover, um, and a game I'd like to chat about in the middle section. And I've well, I want to say I've got something to review. It might be the same game as I reviewed last week, um, but I do think we've got content today. I do think we've got things to chat about. Um, so I'm I'm ready. Let's get on with it. So, um, it's been a busy week in video games, as it is every week. Do you want to go first with a news story? Yes, I um, I spotted that uh, Amazon have cancelled The Crucible, uh, which was their going to be their um amazon's biggest entry into um original game development Mm. um they've been working on for years and years and years uh as eurogamer puts it amazon has cancelled crucible it's free to download multiplayer action game crucible launched in may 2020 with little fanfare and player numbers dwindled soon after in early june amazon retired two of its three modes then later that month amazon unreleased the game bringing crucible into closed beta in a bid to save the project years in the making uh but they said this week uh relentless studios said ultimately we didn't see a healthy sustainable future ahead of crucible so uh a big player amazon obviously owns Mm. twitch um uh it was making a game using its own tools um could have been a big deal now my my question to you steve is have you got any idea what this game looked like i have 
a small idea, and that is mm. from the thumbnail on the article that I am also reading, because that was going to be one of my news stories oh, okay. as well. That is all, like, I, I had not heard about this game. Now, it's not in my genre. I don't play, uh, I tend not to play free-to-play games. Oh, that's interesting. I noticed you're reading from Eurogamer, right? Mm. So I'm reading from Gama Sutra, and I... Ah. Gamasutra refers to it as free to play. You're a gamer free to download. Um, is that a house style thing? I've got to say yes. Mm, I just wonder whether it's something that like they've considered at length that you know these games are never really free to play, are they? Uh, because uh, <laughs> they're always about separating you from my uh, from your money. Something that we'll talk about, I think, later in the show. Um, but no, I hadn't really, really heard about this. It, again, it's not in my genre. It's not the sort of game I would normally play. Um, but I was, uh, I was sort of shocked that I hadn't heard heard about such a big player's attempt at taking on such a big market. Yeah, I mean, presumably that's that's the problem, then, mm. isn't it? If you, you and I, I mean, I love games and I love Amazon, <laughs> uh, so you would have thought that this would have been right in my wheelhouse, as they say. But. Um, yeah, no, for some reason, the only time I've ever heard about this game is when when it's being cancelled or they're unreleasing it. Now, that's a weird thing, isn't it? Have you ever heard of a game being unreleased before? No. Um, surely um, a contender for word of the year. <laughs> Grace the Dent's word of the year. The only game I can think of uh, offhand is Scott Pilgrim, which was sort of unreleased, wasn't it? Or at least pulled and is coming back. Yeah, that's. I think that was a licensing issue, mm-hmm. though, wasn't it? You, you you see that pop up from time to time. Um, often games are delisted because uh, sometimes it's a fixed term license. Sometimes it sometimes the licenses fall slightly out of sync. I think some games have, mm. have uh, had to be pulled because of the music rights have, uh, have that, disappeared. That's definitely something I've heard happening. I believe with Grand Theft Auto, when um, licenses for songs usually they're not licensed in per- perpetuity but over a number of years and because Grand Theft Auto is an ongoing service and also because games can be updated um, these days that songs just literally go vanishing uh, sorry, yeah. vanish from the radio uh, which is, you know, must be a peculiar and slightly annoying thing to happen if you're a player of one of those games but yeah, this is the first time I can ima- uh, remember it happening with the with the game with the game itself, I've seen that they're going to give all of the players who bought it refunds, uh, as they should, uh, but I guess Amazon can afford to do that, what with all of your purchases on there. <laughs> but it seems strange as well when, they, when they're just launching their own streaming service as well, mm. so uh, you know, you would have thought this would have been potentially perfect fodder for it, but uh, no. Jeff knows what he's doing, Steve, doesn't he? <laughs> Clearly. Have you ever tried asking Alexa uh, what, how much tax Jeff Bezos pays? I haven't. No, she gets she gets very defensive, very defensive. Takes on a whole new sort of voice about it. She's like, "How dare you?" Um, okay, I've got a new story uh, for you somewhere here. <laughs> I did have a new story for you, but uh, it was it was that one. My other new story: Star Citizen single player <laughs> campaign will Obviously. be done when it's done. That's... That was my new story as well, Steve. <laughs> was it? So uh, that's uh, that's according to uh, Cloud Imperium Games, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, this this new story was was coming. Was it Chris Roberts, the head of Cloud Imperium, and and the driving force between Star Citizen, 
the ongoing soap opera development of the, I guess, the biggest crowdfunded video game of all time, which still isn't finished eight years after it launched. So it's raised um, hundreds of millions, hasn't it? I believe it's about $350 million. Um, and that money is still coming in. Uh, I, think it, I think it was $2 million in September of this year. It, it still, um, it, it, you know, people funded it. And it's, you know, someone pointed out, yeah, yesterday it owned $250,000 or something. Most of this money seems to come from a process, a practice that... Um, the Star Citizen community, and indeed most of the people who are very sick of Star Citizen, call selling JPEGs. The idea that you are buying pictures of these starships that one day you will be able to fly in-game, uh, assuming the game ever gets finished. So you buy a promise of a starship, and you buy these things for ridiculous amounts of money, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, and people are in deep on this game. People have spent tens of thousands of dollars on a game that is not yet playable. At best, is in alpha. The thing that the, they're referring to there, Squadron 42, is a separate game. Um, I believe it's an FPS. Uh, certainly a, a narrative single-player game set in the Star Citizen universe that uh, was, was set for release in 2016. Still isn't out, but is now providing a sort of quite a nice diversion for when uh, Chris Roberts has to answer questions about it. it's like no actually I was referring to Star Citizen the original when I talked about that one this is about Squadron 42 or vice versa um, all of this comes from a Reddit thread that was set up to celebrate the 8th anniversary of the game's uh, the game's birth or the, the sort of funding uh, of the game's uh, existence and you can imagine that wasn't a wholly positive thread. <laughs> did, did I tell you uh, that I uh, did the UK press for the uh, Kickstarter for Star Citizen? I did, I did not that? know that. No, I did. Well, congratulations. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, in my uh, my previous role uh, when I was working for a PR agency, um, I had a very mysterious call from um, another agency in the US that were uh, very excited about. Um, the prospect of launching this and it was really big news um, you know obviously working with Chris Roberts mm. um, who I'd never met before actually so I was I was a little bit starstruck um, you know lots of NDAs uh, we got Chris over I had breakfast with him he seemed he seemed very nice mm -hmm. um, I can't recall who paid <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, yeah he was he was over uh, in Europe um, so he was in the UK for a day I think it was and we organised a day of interviews for him so in some ways Steve mm. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm uh, I am responsible for um, some of the success of, uh, of Star Citizen and it is um, a success in in certain terms isn't it like it is indeed terms, yeah. the, the part that you worked on is a wow. success do you want to know how much I charged him <laughs> yes absolutely I, I charged him a thousand pounds did he offer you a percentage is this what it is? he didn't no uh. no I just you know I thought well you know in terms of effort it's not particularly hard getting people to interview Chris Roberts when he's about to bring back a spiritual successor mm. to one of the the uh, most celebrated games of all time or, or well-known games of all time I should say but um 
yeah, and I, you know, and I thought, well, it isn't going to take me a huge amount to do. Uh, yeah, you know, going to charge you a thousand pounds, Chris. Have you ever been tempted to play the game? I didn't even get a free account. That's, I mean, that's. <laughs> I didn't even get a free six hundred dollar spaceship. No. JPEG. No. Um, no. Uh, no, I haven't been tempted. Uh, I, you know, because whenever I look at it now, I think, yeah, I should have probably charged him a little bit more. Mm. There are there are two subreddits or two um, fairly popular subreddits about Star Citizen. There is r slash Star Citizen, uh, which is full of people. I would say the general tone is is <laughs> unbelievably optimistic considering the circumstances, but there are still some notes of scepticism there. And then there is um, r slash Star Citizen underscore refunds. Which is wow. uh, yeah, which is full of um, ex Star Citizen junkies who have turned into people who try to get as many people out of the Star Citizen bubble as possible and revel in every new video showing bugs and the state of the <laughs> game. I mean, uh, like I am. I am. Uh, I do not sub to either of those subreddits, but I do occasionally read refunds late at night when I cannot sleep. Uh, and the state of it does seem very, very far off uh, completion. And they've no longer they're no longer giving expected dates for uh, uh, the single player version. Although they have said they're going to start doing a little uh, TV show updating you every quarter <laughs> on its progress until release. So that's something, isn't it? Thanks. Uh, a couple of other things that have popped up this week then. Um, did you see that um, Sony has released details of uh, which games uh, will not be compatible on the PS5? I uh, did not that, see that, and so sorry. You're going to have to take me through PS4, PS5 compatibility. Well, um, I've not played it myself, but um, uh, both uh, Xbox and PlayStation this year are fully backwards compatible. I mean, actually, what? Well, sorry, fully. They're not fully backwards <laughs> compatible. They are majority backwards compatible. Um, from PlayStation Four to PlayStation Five. Um, you should be able to play most of the games. Um, and I, that's a similar story with an Xbox series from Xbox One, which will also play uh, 360 games and also Xbox, original Xbox games as well. Right. Okay. Um, not all of them, I don't, I, I don't believe, but uh, a fair few. Um, Sony this week, though, uh, uh, they announced that uh, there are 10 PlayStation 4 games that are definitely broken. On PlayStation Five, are um, they uh, are they big hitters? <laughs> well, they're not, not really. I mean, I guess the most recognisable is Hitman Go, the definitive version. Now, if you want to play Hitman Go, a ninety nine p Android game <laughs> on your on your PlayStation Five, then I think in some ways you're doing it wrong. Um, mm. There's a game called DWVR. Never heard of it. Um, Afro Samurai Two, TT Isle of Man. Just deal with it! Exclamation um, mark. Ironically named game that won't be running uh, won't won't be dealt with on the playstation 5 uh, shadow complex remastered robinson the journey we sing 
I worked on that one. Uh, Shadwen and Joe's Diner. So fans of those games are going to have to hang on to their PlayStation 4s. I would love to know what all of those games have in common. <laughs> like, what is the centre of that Venn diagram? What is stopping those games from playing? What yeah. did those coders do that broke something slightly or, or circumvented something that is uh, does not work on PS5? I'm super curious. Um, it is clearly not something I have an answer to, though. Uh, well, sorry if you if you own those games. Our apologies. It's not our fault, of course, <laughs> but we sympathise for you in this difficult time. You have to keep your PS4. Uh, Sony's also shutting down the web stores for PlayStation Three, PlayStation Vita, and place uh, and the PSP as well um, from uh, this month. So you will no longer be able to while away your lunch hours in the office buying uh, PS3 games on the web. <laughs> uh, I'm well, afraid. I'm I'm sorry if that's one of you out there as well who does that. I'm surprised both things still exist. Um, normally not slow to shut down support for systems that they, you know, no longer sell. Um, but uh, I, I saw that you can you can buy pick up Vitas quite cheap these days. Uh, you can do naughty things with them these days as well, Steve. Can, can you? you? Can you? you? Can do, yeah. Very naughty things. Another way yeah. of playing Mario 64. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. We're back, and you're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show currently recording during a sort of, well, a creeping in lockdown. Uh, We're not in the Resonance FM studios. We miss it dearly. We're instead in our own houses, aren't we, Simon? Yep, as we seem to be for all of our lives, all of the time, in a tiny room. And it doesn't seem like it's going to get fixed any time soon, does it? It uh, doesn't look like that way, does it? Um, I think there are going to be some... Well, in fact, uh, before this show airs, uh, different parts of the country are likely to be on different uh, stages of lockdown. Mm. But rest assured, we'll be here once a week to keep you entertained in inverted commas. Talking of entertainment, uh, the breakthrough game of the last... Well, I guess the last month, I don't think we've talked about on the radio show, Genshin Impact... No, I don't understand it. I do see a lot of people talking about it. It's made a lot of money as well, isn't it? $100 million. An absolute, uh, apparently, ludicrous amount of money. So why don't you tell me what you know about it, and I will try and fill you in with what I know about it, and together maybe we've got a complete view of what this thing is. Okay, uh, so from what I understand, it is a free-to-play game from a Chinese developer mm-hmm. available on PlayStation and PC, which looks visually to be uh, strikingly similar to Breath of the Wild, Mm -hmm. albeit with um, characters, uh, particularly lady characters, that are somewhat uh, aimed at a particular (laughs) style. It is a- I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say the word on on air. To be honest with you, because uh, I don't know what it means. Anime. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what anime. Means. Let's just <laughs> let's go. Let's call it anime. Okay. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah. So, anything else you know about it? No, that's it. 
So yeah, it's a uh, well. One thing that you didn't mention in the platforms is it's not just out on uh, PS4 uh, and it's out on, uh, on Windows as well. It's also out on mobile formats, which is kind of important. Uh, it's out on Android and iOS, um, and it's free. It's completely free. It's free to play. Free to, free to download. download. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of it sort of came from nowhere. Genuinely, it was a day I hadn't heard about it, and then the next day, all of uh, well, the big swathe of the students I teach were play, playing it, and also a lot of the game developers uh, who I'm in the Facebook group that we mentioned last week with were all playing it as well. And yeah, I, I did note that I've, I'm yet to receive my invite to the little Facebook group that you're all in. I'm not in charge of the invites, Simon. I can't get you in. I'm afraid. Uh, I'll, I'll have a word with someone I'll see what I can do okay. um, yeah and there were different views expressed on uh, each of those platforms students absolutely love it right it's free number one is it free it's free in air quotes it's free um, it's anime themed which seems to go down well with that demographic it looks exactly like Zelda Breath of the Wild I, it is beautiful and assuming you can get over the fact that it is almost a clone, the aesthetic is so similar. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's so polished. The fighting mechanics are satisfying. There's a lot of exploration to do. And actually, you really don't get squeezed for money until, you know, a substantial amount, you know, until you're really quite deep into the game. The main mechanical difference, I think, is that in this game, you get to play a series of different characters. You can switch between these different characters and you can team up with friends, so you can play it multiplayer as well, um, unlike Breath of the Wild. And yeah, it's doing brilliantly. Now, the game developers that I'm uh, I'm in this little group with, a lot of them love it too. A lot of them are marvelling at the craft. More are um, are unsure of how to feel about it, and some of that comes from the fact that it is such a uh, blatant clone of Breath of the Wild that it doesn't feel like a game you could say is inspired by that game just the effects have been ripped off or people say have been ripped off uh breath of the wild quite clearly in fact i i skim read um a comment that said some of the animations in there have been taken from another game um citation needed i guess (laughs) Uh, but the but also um there was a lot of discussion about free-to-play game design and how that affects the game design because if a game is free then the developer has to get paid somehow developer and publisher and there seem to be like three different ways three main ways that uh three that games are released for free and people profit them one is that they're released for free so that um the developer or the publisher or even the platform holder can learn something about the audience um which is kind of harmless you're giving them some data about how you play the game they're finding out how to make the game better or whether this game will succeed i guess that's the thing that maybe um amazon did with crucible right that game comes out in beta and (laughs) ultimately is released but they don't get enough data or, or positive data about how people are playing it um and they pull it ultimately they unrelease that uh that game and then there's the ad funded model which i have experience with i made a a a free-to-play ad-backed game a few years ago. You made a lot of money out of that as well, didn't you? um, You know, that's why I can 
do one life left from this palace in <laughs> South London. Uh, well, actually, we didn't we didn't put as many adverts in there as we could have done or as we were recommended to, and we would have made more money if we had. I don't exactly regret that because I can still feel positive about the game and positive about you know I think people playing it generally had a nice time rather than feeling annoyed with it but ultimately what you're doing there is you're designing a game and then you're breaking it up with adverts and you could say that that breaks the game design or you could say it's just providing for us it was literally just okay there is a break in the game here's a chance for an advert but at the same time you could win more hints by watching adverts does that break the game design maybe a little bit and then you get games like Genshin Impact, where the whole game is themed around a gacha mechanic, which is the other part of the game we haven't mentioned, right? You know what a gacha mechanic is, right, Simon? I do, Steve, yes. Why don't you describe it for the listeners? Uh, It's a uh, random way of uh, opening um, uh, boxes uh, with um, a slim chance of getting something valuable and a large uh, chance of getting something not valuable, which you are then usually able to combine into crafting. Mm, loot crates in it. Uh, it comes it. from the. Uh, it comes from the sort of Japanese. Uh, are they called gacha machines? The little bubble machines where you put in a coin, rotate the handle, pop out something, you get a toy. And these days, that's everywhere. Uh, the sort of blind bags of Lego fi- figures, the FIFA mode, uh, what is it called? Ultimate Team is heavily based mm-hmm. on that. In games it is prevalent, although some governments are starting to crack down on it now. And it is a very, very good way of getting people to pay for your game without them noticing it, because they're sort of collecting and in this case they're c- collecting cute anime characters. Uh, you roll, uh, essentially you spend uh, coins you collect in game. I think there's various confusing currencies, which is another way that people obfuscate how much you're paying for this game. Various confusing currencies that eventually allow you to buy a roll on this machine and this out of the back end, you get a character. And it's not the character you want, but if you spend this amount, well, you could get a greater chance of doing it. Um, and for me, that is a step further into breaking the game design. That's what a lot of people were saying on this forum that yeah it's free and it's nice at the start but they're not being nice to be nice they're being nice to get your emotional investment into the game right they're trying to get your commitment because once you've committed 20 hours and you've made friends in the game and there are other people who are dependent on you and they've got this shiny thing and you'll want more then you become essentially addicted and that addiction can only be fed with real money you have to start buying stuff at that point, otherwise you'll start to drop off, fall behind your team. And that's how you squeeze you. It's game design used to separate you from your money. Um, so I, I, you know, I I guess I, I feel quite negatively towards this as an experience. I don't think it is a positive thing. And while I think that people are getting like, it's good, you know, ostensibly good, um, or at least the students who I see playing it are enjoying themselves and it's not for me to say they're having a bad time. I think the place this leads is to a place of having a bad time. It's feeling bad for not spending money on this thing. And when you spend money on this thing, you are not spending $60 to, uh, you, you know, to just unlock the whole thing. You're spending $20 a pop every few days and that's when it becomes a problem. 
How much have you spent then? <laughs> Zero. I haven't played it, so I'm talking about this thing. And all my experience of it is from watching YouTube videos and from listening to other people play it at all. Have you ever have you ever got into a gacha game? No, not to the extent that I've spent any um significant amounts of money. Um no, not 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 even FIFA or uh, or that sort of thing. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I swear there was I'm, something a couple of years ago that you said you'd made your first purchase. I've, of, yeah, I've, I mean that? I've bought stuff. Um, you know, made mainly deck building card right, games. Right, right, right. Um, I have done, but uh, not to the extent that I'd be doing twenty twenty dollars every other day. <laughs> well, someone, someone, I, I saw a defence of this, which I thought was. Uh, which also works and falls in line with um, how what I see the pattern I see in my students. One one thing I've seen is that people are arriving at the university and they say they play a lot of video games, but actually they just play one video game a lot. And video games we know now is such a huge space that where you and I, when we started the radio show, would know every big video game coming out these days. We don't know whole genres of video games we don't understand league and we've talked about how that should be a feature i think it really really should people should explain the games we don't get every week i don't know much about free-to-play uh, first-person shooters third-person shooters either which is why i might not know about crucible but they treat these games like they're their hobbies right like video games aren't their hobby their hobby is playing league of legends and while i can say oh you know I don't get it. You know, you you know, you're spending so much money. You're addicted to this thing. It's their hobby, and if they're spending fifty dollars a month on their hobby, maybe that's okay. Because I spend, I don't know, I spend two hundred and fifty quid a year on my season ticket to go and see cricket, and I got I got to see one and a half matches this year. <laughs> so that wasn't very very good value either. Uh, but that's my hobby, and and that's what I do. That's my commitment to it. People spend. Premier League is £15 a football match, is it, uh, for the TV? That's what they've just announced. The ones on TV. Yeah, but, um, but what's, what the inventors of cricket didn't do was come up with a, with a, a, with a, a form of, of the game where it, they, they would suddenly stop or play worse, <laughs> uh, where you'd need to sort of stick some more 10Ps in the meter. No, true, true, true. Uh, anyway, that's where I am with Genshin Impact. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, I've seen a lot of chatter about it, and I, I keep, I keep meaning to um, at least download it so I can see what all the fuss is about. But it sounds like one that I will steer clear of. This is One Life Left on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. We're a video game radio show, currently broadcasting from our houses. Normally broadcasting from the Resonance FM studios. You'll be listening to us live on the radio, or perhaps as a podcast, which you can find at our website www dot one life left dot com please do if you're listening write to us because we have interactive sections like this all right who's written to us this week simon well uh chris conroy has just written to us three hours ago thanks chris uh he writes dear team and ssg I spent some time this week going through all my 8-bit paraphernalia and, on volume alone, Flight Sims seems to have been one of younger Chris's favourite genres, which is a bit odd given the limitations of the harbour at the time. I think there was something about the extensive manuals and the extras that used to come in the box that appealed more than trying to execute 
and Immel Man, I believe that, that must be a flight uh, phrase, a flight pilot phrase, an Immelman turn on a spectrum. What types of games do you spend most time with and why? Are these even the games you like to play most or have you been lured in by some other means? Your Chuck Yeager copying correspondent, Chris Conroy. Yeah, I, so I um, the first flight simulator I ever played was on the ZX81. It was the Scion flight simulator. So that was a computer that shipped with 1K of memory, uh, which you could expand to 16K. Uh, I can't recall whether the flight sim uh, insisted on that additional RAM. But um, yeah, you had to imagine a lot with that. I mean, that was it was a computer that didn't even have any graphics. Uh, so everything on the flight sim was uh, represented by um, ASCII characters, either uh, inverted or or not. Um, but in my head, uh, it was it was like playing. You know, it was it, you, you were you were properly flying. So um, yeah, no, I can I can see why you'd be dabbling with those uh, even on the eight bit uh, systems. Um, types of games we spend the most time with and why? Well, I, I'm finding that, well, particularly without a commute at the moment, that my gaming time uh, is being really squeezed. So I'm having to be quite hard um, on my uh, on my current choices. I'm, I'm being harsh, so sort of rattling. Th- I'm, I'm like most people, I've got a horrendous Steam backlog, and I've been trying to uh, just deal with it. Um, and so um, that that means that you know, starting games, and if they don't grab me, off mm. they go. Hitman went went uh, earlier today. How Steve, long did you Hitman give him? Two? How long did you give him before you? Twenty you minutes, know? really? Okay. Twenty minutes. But twi- twenty minutes, you're sometimes not even out of the tutorial. No, I know, and, and that's and that's the problem. Was, so the biggest thing from so I finished Mafia um, Mafia One this week, uh, and that's the definitive edition, which has been lovingly uh, remade um, by Hangar Thirteen, uh, and so it's it's a it's jaw dropping, right? So they so they my understanding is is that they've sort of unhooked all of it painted all of it and put it back together that it's glorious and they actually made some really lovely quality of life improvements as well including i must say the best use of sort of open world in-game signposting i've ever seen before normally if you're driving around you're following a red line on on a a road what they've got in mafia are these dynamic street signs so if you need to turn right or go straight on that's that's just what it says so whichever way you're going it's fantastic Mm, and also it's very good um but also um you don't have to drive anymore either if the driving mission itself is not crucial or it's not a chase you can just skip it and you pull up there yeah they've really really lovingly uh, treated the source uh, material. Now, um, uh, I finished it. Um, I hadn't played the original. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like as a as a piece of uh, interactive uh, adventure narrative. I thought it was fantastic. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to roll straight on to Mafia Two. Um, and of course, you know that sort of thing comes with its problems again because you've just just finished a game that you've that, that throughout you've got sort of more and more powerful, you've become more and more skillful, you know, the, the world has grown around you, and then you go into the sequel. Of course, you're starting right again with the tutorial, mm. and I'm like, yep, not going to bother with that, am I? Also, um, it's 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 not really uh, proper. Well, it's not as remastered as the first one, so it's still still pretty shocking chonky i think so i'm gonna just leave it there so yeah that that was maybe half an hour hitman gone mate after the uh, tutorial boat thing uh it's like yeah it, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and try something else. Moved on to Dishonored, which, which, which I, I'd only played briefly, but uh, it stuck with me for two hours today. So, uh, yeah. So the type of game that I, I tend to fall for absolutely is puzzle games, turn-based puzzle games. If there is a crate in something and I can take my time wondering which direction to push it in, I am in. Um, so that's why uh, Dracnex uh, games and uh, Steam Lavelle's games, anything on puzzle script, I, I fall for. And if there's one of those which has had, you know, m- millions of dollars lavished on it, I'm especially in. The thing that Simon was just saying, I guess, governs the other game that I spend time on, which is basically one game. If I can get past the tutorial of something, if I can start... It feels like such a chore to start playing something, which which is an awful thing to say, but if, like Simon, I get... I start something and within... Often, genuinely, within five minutes, I'll just go, I don't know why I'm doing this. I know how this is all going to fall out because I guess like Simon I am old and I have played so much before and like the patterns you see repeat that doesn't mean there's a problem with the game right um, I it just means that I know when I start it I know exactly what's going to happen because I've played this game before and there's you know many 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 millions of people who won't have seen it and these games have been lovingly crafted and I'm not saying they're bad I'm just saying I'm tired, <laughs> really tired. So if I can if I can get past that moment, it's not necessarily a genre thing. Like Slay the Spire took me a little time to get into to understand how it worked, and once I was in, you know, a hundred hours in that game, or I'm sure the same will be true. I still say will because I haven't quite gone back to it. Of Hades, which everyone is loving right now, everybody who, uh, you know, I I I think. Uh, I should listen to when they talk about game design is saying Hades is amazing and I played it and thought yeah this is great but maybe not for me but if I can just push past that hour then usually I fall for something um, so yeah puzzle games or ga- games that trick me into playing for more than an hour that huh. I'm usually in uh, that, so that's my current dirty secret is that I've not played an hour of Hades I've, I've, I've played it for maybe 40 minutes mm-hmm. wasn't very good at it thought uh, this is probably not for me either is it and yeah i've just left it there i haven't said that out loud yet steve <laughs> because every because everybody loves it yeah it's the set it's it's the same i i did quite well in it like i got uh i got past i don't know whether it's a boss or a mini boss uh i was doing it on stream and people were like wow you did it i don't know whether that's more of a comment on how bad i usually am at games or whether this was hard and then i got a little bit anxious about going back to it because i'm like i'll never do as well as that again but i did really really enjoy it i just don't like fighting bosses generally but mm. people have said such nice things i think it is inevitable that one day i'll sort of bite the bullet and go back to it and a bit like dead cells which i, I didn't really want to play but then once i played i was like yeah this is great um, as soon as I've broken my current addiction, I will uh, I will return. We've got another letter here uh, from Robert Wells. Hello, team. Hello, SSG, he says cautiously. Nintendo is at it again. First they MMO Tetris, and now it's Mario 35. We played that last week. Play Super Mario Brothers against 34 other people at a time with semi-random level selection and an increasingly fast timer. Defeat enemies to send them to opponents. Outlast opponents to get coins. Spend coins for power-ups. I wish he'd written this last week, because then I would have known how it worked and what I was playing. <laughs> so, what should be next? 
Would an MMO Zelda play like Fortnite MMO Kirby, where you inhale all the other players to win? Pip Pip Robert. Good question, Robert. I think you've possibly answered it with two excellent suggestions there. <laughs> they did something um, with Zelda previously, didn't they? Four Swords on the, mm. was that the, the Game Boy Advance? That's right, it? yeah. You could link it with a, uh, a sort of... With other links. Adapter. Um, I'm surprised that we haven't seen a Battle Royale um, Space Invaders or Pac-Man because both of those games have been not rebooted but reinvented every five years or so with you remember Pac-Man Championship Edition yeah that sort of thing and I think you could probably with these simple mechanics apply the kind of Battle Royale structure to them quite successfully and in an interesting way and then all you need is the license to get it out there which obviously Pac-Man and, and Space Invaders still uh, very famous names and yeah I think Mario has proven you can basically apply that dynamic to anything and we should be seeing some Zelda stuff shouldn't we it's, uh, there's an anniversary next year isn't there so well obviously there's an anniversary every year but um, <laughs> a significant anniversary uh, for Zelda so who knows thanks for your letters this week uh, if you well, want to we still got one more oh do we I oh. do, John Evans. John Evans wrote. My goodness, I'm so sorry, John. So sorry. Uh, well, there's a big orange warning at the top of my Gmail that says, be careful with this message. <laughs> so maybe, you know, you sort of naturally skipped it, it, but I pushed have on. It appeared in my inbox. <laughs> it says, Dear OLL Posse and SSG, I thought I'd drop you a quick line. Something happened to me this week that gave me inspiration to ask you a question. I've been enjoying playing Star Wars Squadrons in VR this week and feel like we finally got the Star Wars dogfight game that we wanted. 7 out of 10. However, I had a... Com- Sorry. However, I had a completely benign lump removed from my head recently and can now not play the game in VR due to bandages on my head not allowing me to use the VR headset. The question I wanted to ask... Has there been an instance where a physical injury or body modification has ever stopped you from playing a game? Many thanks for the great podcast... With excellent audio, thanks. Oh, well done, Simon. Do the pip. You were the Do editor it. last week, weren't you? So, well, exactly. congratulations. That's why, why that letter resonated with me. Um, thanks for writing, John. I uh, hope you're feeling better. Yes. Yeah, and you can get back into your VR cockpit yeah, get well soon. soon. I've um, I've uh, I've had to pause my Star Wars Squadron playing career until I get a hot ass. <laughs> uh, which, which, which well. the, the, well, exactly. They are uh, they are completely out of stock at the moment. So uh, I wouldn't yeah, say that, Simon. Well, <laughs> in my size, Steve. Uh, okay. Uh, apart, apart from that, physical injury or body modification. I, I like the way. Modification. I like the way you added, added that. Uh, I I've definitely mentioned this on the show that there was a. It was a game that I reviewed while I was at Edge called Yanya Kabbalista, which is a Japanese import which came with a skateboard that fitted across the DualShocks. Um, So you were meant to play it with, if you imagine the DualShock controller, tilting it vertically. And so you're gripping it like with one with both hands on the sticks and your front uh, your right thumb at the front, your left thumb at the bottom of the skateboard, right? And it's quite a clever idea. But you, it doesn't give you if you imagine you're pushing with your bottom hand uh, if you're pushing right on the bottom of the controller then you're kind of really stretching your thumb and I badly <laughs> badly sprained my thumb 
had to stop playing it and gave it a very low score. Good. Well, thank you for writing, John. Glad you're appreciating the audio. I hope it sounds okay this week. Um, Please do keep your emails and, uh, I was going to say, and letters coming. They're the same thing these days, aren't they? So uh, email us at team at onelifeleft.com. That's a piece of music we have taken from chipmusic.org. We will credit it in full in the podcast notes. If you go to www.onelifeleft.com, you'll be able to read about it there. Thank you to the artist. Talking of music, we uh, last did a mariachi gig for special effect, raised 900 quid for them. That was absolutely excellent. Uh, thank you to everyone who came and sang. Thank you to Special Effect for partnering with us on that. It was really, really fun to do. Uh, we've announced that our next show is going to be a Halloween special. We're going to do that on the 30th of, uh, of October. So please come along. If you want to write a spooky song for Marioki, you can join our Discord at discord.io slash singmarioki. Come along and we will teach you how to write a song. We'll make sure that is in for our next online mariachi we've also resolved to do something for christmas as well we're going to throw a christmas party but we'll have more news about that as we get closer to the event is it time for reviews simon simon i'm still here steve uh so yes i've kind of <laughs> i've inadvertently covered what i was going to be chatting about uh, <laughs> earlier on but um 
No, I just wanted to. See, yeah, I was um, for some reason. Uh, I've never managed to get uh, particularly far in the first Dishonored, um, and so yeah, I was rattling through my um, backlog earlier on today, and uh, you know, I have to say, <laughs> it looks like everybody was right about it. It's um, uh, it's a game. Um, it's an action stealth game uh from arcane software who are very trendy at the moment um they're working on death loop uh, which everybody seems very excited about um where you play uh and uh someone who's been wronged um and you are convicted of a crime you've not committed and some people go out of their way to help you now um the thing that i've never fully appreciated was that uh the world itself is just beautiful um feels like you're playing a game uh it feels like paintings have sort of been brought to life and I, I i was reading up on it just before the show started actually and i didn't realize that um it was from uh one of the guys or maybe the guy forgive me um who was responsible for the look of half-life 2 ah okay um and so uh yeah it's <laughs> clearly got strong uh, visual DNA and so yeah I'm um, you know these these games can go one or two ways for me in fact I, I thought trying it so soon after dismissing Hitman was probably a mistake but um, it's a game in which you can choose to be as stealthy as you like or as stabby as you like and I'm being quite stabby at the moment and um, I'm enjoying it it's just starting to open up um, and uh, well what I've done with it which is what I tend to do now before I decide whether to stick with something is go to howlongtobeat.com and see uh, what I'm going to be signing up for. And apparently it's going to take me between 11 and 12 hours. So uh, hope, hopefully I will get that done before Cyberpunk emerges in a month's time. So I uh, score. 7 out of 10. Sorry. Uh, so I was worried about this section of the show because truthfully, uh, all I could recall was this week I have been playing Spelunky 2 just over and over again, specifically a section of the game in the third zone uh, where at the end of it, in order to build a shortcut, you've got to bring a hired hand there. And that only occurs in the dungeon, seems to only occur very, very rarely. So I'm basically almost gacha style, just rolling again and again and again, playing it, playing it, playing it, hoping it comes up. And then on the occasions it comes up, when you have a hired hand, that's a, an AI-controlled character who follows you around. And I'm trying to get to them to the exit as quickly as possible so nothing bad happens to them. Inevitably, something bad happens to them. Um, so I've been playing that all week, and I'm I'm not hating it because despite that um, sort of, you know, it feels a bit like one of those... Uh, what do you call it when you have to... What's that Natalia mission in GoldenEye? I've forgotten the... Uh, the escort escort missions thank you despite it feeling like a escort mission and frustrating something about it always feels like my fault and I always blame myself uh, and go back to the start it's just a genuinely pleasurable game to play 7 out of 10 however I have played another game for the first time and it's a big one I spent two and a half hours in it what? Death Stranding oh did you? I did (laughs) I did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why? Well, well, good question. Um, I was streaming, um, and someone asked, someone who I, I know asked if I could play it, and I said, all right then, why not? I'll give it a shot. Have you played it? I have done, yeah. I've probably played about two and a half hours, actually. Right. 
Um, yeah, so I got to the end of the first chapter. I tried to save it about an hour before, but I was sat on my bed in the room where you can save, um, but it wouldn't let me look at the bit of the room that it uh, where you save. Instead, I had to move around a bit and trigger another couple of cutscenes, which and then you know it was half past two in the morning. Uh, then I finally managed to save. I don't know if I'll go back to it. I did enjoy it in a how the hell did anyone get him let him get away with this? Like it is so insanely high budget and beautiful in so many respects. Isn't it? I mean, just if you if you could just walk through that landscape without any of the hassles, with that with that with the soundtrack playing, I think it would be ideal. But it, it has to be complicated with um ah uh, just. <laughs> Just yeah, weirdness. So how how far did you get? Well, you, so did you get? So I I don't know. Like some incomprehensible cutscenes. I I want to say just before I answer that question, they're bad. Like they're actively bad. They've got incredibly famous people in, and they look beautiful. And kind of the artistic direction and the setting is so weird as to be interesting it's like an art house movie but the dialogue and the script the words they have to say are embarrassing like if this was a movie it would well it would be unwatchable because it would be 30 hours long but it would also be one of those things playing at the prince charles cinema you know like the room that people would go and see ironically and mouth along with the terrible lines and the ridiculous names of the characters and the way they behave it is objectively terrible <laughs> like did you get so did you get as far as die hard man yeah like yeah. <laughs> and and the you know the friend who recommended it to me uh, she said oh i think he's being i think he's being ironic i think it's all tongue in cheek as i understand it from people i know who know him that is not a quality of his character like this is poor like really bad None of it makes any sense, and I am interested to see how it all wraps up and makes sense, but not interested enough to go through more of that terrible dialogue. Like, I I love the setting. I hate the script. Like, it's embarrassing. The gameplay. So, um, you know, to answer, like I got uh, said, uh, just to the start of the second chapter. So I've done a mission, which essentially amounts to a tutorial. You go somewhere, come back, you get attacked. I have no time for the getting attacked stuff, although it is dramatic and exciting and it looks beautiful. I don't want to do that. I just want to walk across hills. According to the person who recommended it to me, she says, once you get past the beginning of the game, where there's loads of cutscenes and annoying stuff, the middle of the game that everyone, the Kojima fans are slightly annoyed by because apparently it's just boring. It's just walking across hills and delivering parcels. That sounds great to me. And then you get into the end of the game, which is just loads and loads and loads of cutscenes again, which I could do without, frankly. Um, Not that it's ever going to be a problem because I'm never going back to it. Seven out of ten. Good. Well, um, I can't remember if I mentioned you at the time that uh, I, I knew someone that, that was raving about it, and I said, uh, "Is it any good?" They went, "Yeah, you know, once once you've played for a hundred hours, it gets good." <laughs> I'm like, "You're you're all right. You're all right." Yeah, you know. yeah. I, I mean, I do like the idea of wandering across Iceland just delivering parcels. Like, think it looks pretty, um, and I quite like the Tony Hawk balancing mechanic, uh, but it's yeah. I, I, I don't need 
that movie in my life. <laughs> so uh, that's it, I think. Is it? it? Any other business? Yeah. I think, no, I think we covered it all. I, you know, I think that was not expected ending for me there, Steve. I, I never <laughs> expected you to say that you'd have played Death Stranding. So, you know, I think we're going to need to regroup. There we go. Come back with a special guest. Good. I'm glad I'm still full of surprises, even after all of these <laughs> years. Um, we'll be back in a week, won't we? We will. We will. And it'll, there'll, there'll be someone else with us. <laughs> I promise you. All right. Uh, we will see you then. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Residence FM for hosting. And thank you podcast listeners as well uh we will see you in exactly a week until then goodbye goodbye bye bye bye, bye. <laughs>